Thank you, Lord God, for making ways for me, oh God. Thank you for opening up doors for me, oh God. Father God, I want to thank you for saving me from things that I did not see, I cannot see, I did not hear, cannot hear. Lord God, I thank you for breaking the curses of the words, Father, that were spoken upon my life, God, that I did not hear. Lord God, I thank you today, Father. I thank you for waking me up this morning. Thank you for starting me on my way, God. Father God, I thank you for killing the adversary on my behalf, oh God. Father God, I thank you for the war that's going on in the heavens, oh God. Well, Father God, yet it will shine on my feet. Oh, shake it, God, I thank you today that you kept a wretch like me, God. You kept me from all evil, oh God, and all hurt, Father. Father God, I thank you today huh, that you saw fit to use me again, God. You saw fit to make me and add your money out in front of your people, oh God. Uh, Father God, I thank you for sparing my life, God. I thank you for healing my body, God. I thank you for keeping me clothed in my right mind, God. I want to say thank you. Lord God, I thank you for the open doors. I thank you for the closed doors. I thank you for removing those people out of my way, God, out of my life, God, that didn't mean me any well-doing, Father. But, Father God, you always know whom to remove and who to keep, God. For if it was up to me, Lord, I know that I would make the wrong decisions, Father. But, Father God, I want to say thank you. I thank you today, God. I thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Father. I thank you for being there for me, God. Even when I didn't want to be there for myself. God, I want to say thank you, Lord, for making ways out of no ways for me, God. Thank you for feeding me when I didn't want to eat, God. Thank you for clothing me when I didn't want to dress myself, God. But you told me how to walk. You told me how to talk. You showed me how to dress, God. And I want to say thank you, God, for those that have ridden me off and didn't think that I was worthy, God. But you think that I'm worthy, Father. I want to say thank you, God. Uh, Father God, for those uh, who want to join the service today, God, uh, and don't have the ability to do so, God, I ask that you stop by their house, Father, and visit them, uh, and pay them a little visit, uh, give them a little pep talk, uh, that they can have another walk, uh, a new talk, oh God, hallelujah, Father. Father God, for you are the God that never changes. You are the God that stays the same. Oh, God, I thank you. Thank you for your revelations, God. Thank you for the obedience, Father. For you say obedience is better than sacrifice. Father God, I don't want to sacrifice my life, God. But I want to obey you at all times, Father. Even when I wanted to do right, evil is always present, God. But you still see fit, Father, to judge me by my heart, God. Not by my actions. Not by my anger. Not by my misunderstanding. But Holy Ghost, I thank you today for keeping me in my right mind. 
God, I thank you for showing me, oh God, how to walk and how to talk, oh God. I thank you, oh Lord. Now, Father, I ask that you take over the service like you always do, God. Have your way today. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray, God. Amen, amen, and amen. Amen. Welcome. Amen. Amen. Oh, praise your name, God. Oh, glory. The enemy thinks he's going to have his way with your life. Uh, God's not going to render it today. Oh, God won't have it. Oh, bless your holy name, God. Oh, for you are worthy, Lord God. You're worthy to be praised, Father. We lift our heads towards the hill from which cometh our help. For our help cometh from you, O oh God. Hallelujah. Mm-mm-mm. Hallelujah, God. We thank you today. We thank you today, God. Yes, blessed be the name of the Lord, our God. Does anyone have any praise reports, any testimonies, anything you would like to share and say? The floor is open. If you have any questions, you need a dream interpreted, the floor is open. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. The house of the Lord is wherever you are using that space to glorify and edify God, whether it's over the airways, social media, in your bedroom, in the bathroom, in your car. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. I am glad. I'm happy. I'm excited that I am still here among the living, that I have another chance to do what God called and asked me to do. I have another chance to get closer to be elevated where he needs me to be. I'm thankful, and I am so grateful for that. We take things for granted, but I am grateful, and I have all my limbs are operating, my organs are functioning, and I'm so thankful and grateful for that. I'm grateful that it is his air that I breathe. My, my, my God, we take things for granted. I'm just, before I got on, I was listening to Yes by Shekana Glory. And that just got my little spirit stirred all up. If God told you what he really wanted, would you still tell him yes? I thank you, Apostle, for this opportunity to, to come on, you know, and I thank God for your life. I was praying for you this morning, and God said, it is well with your soul. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Everybody can't say that, Jesus. It is well. <laughs> With my soul. The favor. Can I just do a little bit? Can I 
get it back. Uh-huh. It is well. It is well with my soul. It is well. It is well with my soul. That's the only part I know right there. <laughs> That's yeah. Hey, Maggie. All right. Anyone else? Oh. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I give honor to God today. Is there anyone else? 
Yes, good morning, Apostle. Good morning, Pastor. Um, I am so grateful for just being here um, during the trials and tribulations that God has put before me as being elevated with new levels, new devils, and more strength, more praying, more fasting. But I thank God for you, first and foremost, because you believed in me and that God put on your heart where he wants me to be and not where I want to be. And that you walk in your calling, but there is so much and people that and things that come up against you because of control, the adversary trying to get control of what God is doing in your life, but it's not going to happen. And you have to start being bolder, and you have to start shutting stuff down instead of allowing it. This walk is about God. It's not about family, friendship. Elevation, titles, it's about God. And God has empowered you even the more. And because you have an awesome pastor and first lady standing behind you, you have to walk in that calling. You have to walk in that calling that God has given you. And I am so grateful that God had connected us years ago. Years ago. In the park at a picnic. Yes, ma'am. God is awesome. And I, I thank you again for being who you are in the Lord. Amen. 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 The pastors are on the road, so please forgive them of cutting in and out um, throughout the service. But I want to go back as Pastor Marcia was asking about Elohim. And Elohim in the Hebrew means God. And it means the God of Israel in the Old Testament, as you're referring to Yahweh. Um, It also goes to means of his strength and his might. 
but you always have the common term that it means in the Hebrew. Elohim means God. Always have your questions. When you're in study, you don't understand. When we get online, you can always call me so that you can get a full understanding of what God has downloaded to you so that you will walk thoroughly and be effective in your calling. I was a little disturbed when they told me my girl passed on Mother Gertrude Stack. I said, oh, man, Jesus, you done took another general. But it's all right because he said her job was finished. It was complete. Amen. And that's how we want to leave the way of this earth with our job being completed. Through and with the Holy Spirit. Pastor Dolores, I thank you. I thank you all for following me, believing in me, because I know what the Holy Spirit shows me on your behalf. And I will tighten up my lasso. I will tighten up my weapons of warfare to do what thus says the Lord God Almighty. If that's what he needs me to do, it's going to get done. Y'all know I don't play when it comes to God, and I do what thus says the Lord. No matter whether it's for you, for me, or whomever, it gets done. And I don't drag my feet. I don't drag behind at all. Is there anyone else that has anything to share, ask, or say? Yes, well, the, um, the, the young lady who was talking about just kept saying or hearing Elohim, um, also... Because he's a living God, I don't know what it is that she might be going through, but if he's the living God, the same God yesterday, today, and forever, it's some, he's reminding you that if he did it before, he can do it again, and he would continue to do it. Because he's the, he's the beginning, he's the end, he's the unseen, he's the ending. So it's something dealing with, you know, that he still has you, and you keep, you know, Elohim, like, Apostle just said he's the living God, and sometimes we tend to, we know God can do this and that, but he's just reminding you that I got you, I had you then, and I'm going to, and I'm going to continue to have you. Amen. Anyone else?
right. Jesus, wipe away your 
Amen. So, for the sons and daughters of Zion, God has given us a, a little creed that he wants us to always recite and remember, whether we're in each other's presence or not. So, if you have your pen and paper handy, um, you can write this down. But also we want to have it in our remembrance. So repeat after me. Sons and daughters of Zion. Brothers and sisters. I am a keeper of my brothers and sisters. I am my brother and sister's keeper. Whatever you need, we will achieve as we believe that God will be well pleased. Sons and daughters creed. I'm going to say it one more time. Sons and daughters of Zion, Brothers and sisters, I am a keeper of my brothers and sisters. I am my brother and sister's keeper. Whatever you need, we will achieve as we believe that God will be well pleased. Sons and daughters, creed. Amen. I will text that out at the end of service, that you will begin to put this in your dialogue, that you might dialect with it as being a son and daughter of the Most High. I want to give you another affirmation or form of encouragement this afternoon. God has plucked us out of eternity positioned us in time, given us gifts and talents to serve him in this generation. Remember, God has chosen the unlikely to do the unimaginable. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the call. No matter what, if you bring If you bring your not enough into the hands of a God who is more than enough, the victory will be yours. Trust God enough that you won't let success go to your head or failure go to your heart. Don't put a due date on something God is going to deliver in due season. The miracle is in the breaking. 
the power is in the broken pieces. Amen. Remember to pray, listen, and then move. We're going to go to the book of Jeremiah 23. Now, we all know this to be so permanently known at hand. We've heard it over and over, time and time again. But everything is us to remember what he has said. Someone may have forgotten what the Father said. Someone may need a refreshment on what the Father has said and spoken. Because what he has said and spoken in Jeremiah 23, verse 1, Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, against the pastors that feed my people, ye have scattered my flock and driven them away, and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doings, of your doings, saith the Lord. And I will gather the remnant of my rock out of all countries, whether I have driven them, and will bring them again to their fold. And they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them, which shall feed them. And they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed. Neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. Now I'm going to stop right there because we all know where we've come from. We all know where we have been. We all know who we've sat under. Whether it was for our making and breaking or whether it was clearly a mistake, but God knows all and sees all. He understands the pastures of what these pastors and people have done. Either they were called by him or not. But God is saying, woe be unto them. That's what we have to okay? If not, we are on a recorded line. Please put your phones on mute. As God has said, he's gathered all his remnants that were led astray, that were left behind, that left behind could have made you feel ill, you were sick, no one came to check upon you to see whether you were okay. Um, you have backslidden. You did not know how to find your way back into the arms and the camp of the Lord. You may have just simply wanted to take a break. It was too much. 
much to enduring for you. Whatever your ailment was, the cause was, God still never forgot about you. If you think or you thought you were left behind, this is your time. This is your day. This is your season. Give God another try. Tell God yes again. Open up your heart and your arms that the Lord may enter in. For this is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in For yes, you may have been lacking and lagging behind, but now God has begun to come. You acted out this time. Uh, Shadana, uh, mute your phone, baby girl. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love and a sound mind. So if you are in fear to come, into ministry, knowing this is where you're supposed to be. I encourage you today, lay aside every weight. Lay aside every thought that you had from previous before, because this is a new day, a new time, and a new age, and definitely a new season. For verse 5 says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely, and this is his name, whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that they shall no more say, The Lord liveth, which brought up the children of Israel out of the land of Egypt. But the Lord liveth, which brought up and which led the seed of the house of Israel out of the north country and from all countries, whether I had driven them and they shall dwell in their own land. Mine heart within me is broken because of the prophet. All my bones shake. I am like a drunkard man and like a man whom wine hath overcome because of the Lord and because of the words of his holiness. For the land is full of adulterers. For because of swearing the land mourneth the pestilent place of the wilderness are dried up. And their course is evil, and their force is not right. For both prophets and priests are profane. Yea, in my house have I found their wickedness, saith the Lord. So when you think your old pastors, your old apostles, the, the prophet of old that you knew, you still know today, that they have gotten away with the things that they not only have done to you, but to many others. The things that they have said, what was done behind closed doors that 
you're thinking nobody would ever know and see but you because you were you were there. You had to armor bury them. You had to pray for them. You had to cover them. You had to help them. You know, but you saw all of these things and it's all bottled up inside of you and you constantly think on it. When you see the next leader, the new leaders, you still think of the same things of the old. And God is saying, empty out. Hey, go, go, Shana. My, I don't know who this is for, but God is saying, empty out. Empty out the old thought. Empty out the old vision. Remove all doubt, all shame, all hurt. Remove these things out of your life. For I've done a new thing in you, thus saith the Lord God of hosts. You don't think the same, you don't walk the same, you don't talk the same. You don't even have the same blame game. Because there's no one around the brain but you. Are you examining yourself? Have you put yourself in the way of a pastor, of a prophet, or of a priest? That you have driven God's flock away? And if you have, it's time for repentance. And it's just as simple as that. It's time for repentance. But also, it's time that you allow God to make way in your life like he wants to make way, not how you want him to do it. Your way will not please the Heavenly Father. You may want to go and minister to a woman that's broken, and God is telling you to pray her through. You may want to approach a man that you feel like you want to marry, but God is saying, pray your husband. You may want to give somebody a hundred dollars but God is saying they don't need it you give them a hundred dollars and you don't realize that they have an addiction they're not going to go and buy food they're going to go and buy what pleases the flesh but you don't know that because you can't see beyond what's standing in front of you that's why we have a mighty God that leads and guides us through this thing called life. That's why we must wake up looking towards the hills from which cometh our help because we don't know from one minute to the next where danger is, where peace is, where understanding should and could be. But by wisdom, we shall be living. But if you didn't get the understanding, if you didn't get the know-how or the why, 
how do you get to wisdom? So it takes time. It takes time. It takes the trust in the Lord. It takes God yielding us and holding us accountable for what there is to come, what there is present. And my God, if he's giving you anything to do, please don't lag your feet behind and do it. Because you have millions of other people, whether you see them, touch them, smell them, talk to them or not, that will be affected by what you do and what you don't do, what you say and what you don't say, what you see and what you don't. We have this other term we call demonology, and that's been setting in my spirit also when it comes down to the restoration of God's flock and the false prophets being denounced. Because, see, we got to go back and correct things. We can't just move forward. Like nothing never happened. That's not God. That's a spirit that don't want to confront the other spirit that knows they're out of order, that knows we wreaked havoc in this man or woman's life. And we don't want to clean it up. We're going to leave it for somebody else or we're just going to leave it the way it is. They'll live the rest of their life in shambles. But we know God to be a forgiving God. We know God to be a restorer. As we just came from the definition of Elohim, meaning God. When you call on God, Yahweh, when you call his name Jesus, when you call his name Yahshua, Yamashiach, Father, Abba Father, Adonai. You must know you're calling on some strength. You're calling on some power. You're calling on some might. You're not calling uh, Bishop Two-Step or the pimp that was on the corner that God cleaned up and put him in the pulpit, but he still wants to act as if he's on the corner as the pimp versus being the man of God that God called him to be. I understand I might be stepping on some toes, but I'm just giving you the reality of where we are right now in life. 
God is taking his time, but also he's dealing with the matters at hand. And the first thing he has to deal with is those that are supposed to be shepherding over his sheep, such as his pastors, that are out of order. The prophets that are false. Verse 12 in Jeremiah 23 says, Wherefore their ways shall be unto them as slippery ways in the darkness. They shall be driven on and fall therein. For I will bring evil upon them even the year of their visitation, saith the Lord. And I have seen fully in the prophets of Samaria, they prophesied in Baal and caused my people Israel to err. I have seen also in the prophets of Jerusalem and horrible things, they commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen also hands. They strengthen also the hands of evildoers, that none doors return from his wickedness. They are all of them unto me as Sodom and the inhabitants thereof as Gomorrah. Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets. Behold, I will feed them with wormwood and make them drink the water of God. For from the prophets of Jerusalem is profaneness gone forth into all the land. Now let's go back and let's understand what a wormwood is. Anyone want to take a crack at it? Anyone know what a wormwood is? Can you repeat that? I can probably hear you. I said, cause does anyone understand what a wormwood is? Okay, well, I'm going to go back to, it's, we in Jeremiah 23, verse 15 says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord of hosts concerning the prophets, Behold, I will feed them with wormwood and make them drink the water of gall. For from the prophets of Jerusalem is profaneness gone forth into all the land. Um, why would it bitterness and give them poison drink? Mm-hmm. Is that is that it? 
I will feed them with bitterness and give them poison drinks. Or the wild wood. Mm-hmm. And the Hebrew translated one word is la'ana. And strong um, in la 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 la. One second. Yes. It is to poison the drink. Because he's showing how he will punish the prophet. It indicates evil and does the drink of the liquid extracted from it. Some of these, well, several of the species of wormwood grow in the wild in Israel in a sandy and desert region. And the wormwood, whose juice has a very, very bitter taste, it is possible that the wormwood's juice is extracted from the worm, and it has some ancient therapeutic qualities. But also, it has a very bitter taste as if it may be like wine. which God is using for them because of their corrupted way. And in this season, even in our natural way of living, we must be careful of the waters that we're drinking because our waters are even being contaminated. Everybody's wondering, how do I put my natural life to form with what the Bible is saying? The world is trying to make you think that this Bible is not real. If you don't believe me, go and research what's going on with the waters that we are supposed to be able to consume every day. How many chemicals are going into the waters that we're drinking every day? Thinking not strange when God begins to switch up your diet. 
Thinking that's strange when God begins to give you other things to drink. Because he himself put the wormwood in the water. It's not only just here in Jeremiah where he where the warm wood was put into the water. You hear about the wormwood with uh Ishmael in the book of Genesis, Lamentation, Amos, and Deuteronomy twenty nine. In the book of Revelation, you hear about these things. You hear about the bitterness. You hear about it even with Hamlet, the king. God is rendering unto those the right punishment and judgment. Thinking not strange when you begin to see more and more people pass away that you know, you don't know, you heard of, you never heard of before. But when you hear about them as they have passed on, you're like, wow, God. I wish I've been able to meet them or know them, but our works is what speaks for us. That's all you have is your word and your work. God said you would know them by their fruit. When he gave us instruction as a disciple, the ambassador of Jesus Christ, he told us to be fruitful and multiply. He gave some talent to a few men in the Bible. One of them went and buried his gift. The others went and did things with their gift. One of them went, he had five. He came back with ten talents because he multiplied his gifting that God gave. But the one that buried his gift came back with nothing. And this is a form of God saying, Woe be unto my pastors. Your title may not be a pastor. You may not be an apostle. You may not be a prophet. You might not be an evangelist. You may just be a teacher. If you have not taught the things that God has given you to teach, do not expect that you will receive the rewards and giftings 
of the Holy Spirit. Do not expect that when your day comes, you will hear, well done, my faithful servant. Because you have not done what was asked of you, what God gave you. Some of you even have the nerve to pray and ask God for gifts, and you still don't do nothing with them when they give it to you. You allow them to die. You allow them to lie dormant. You don't even press your way. Even when you don't understand, you don't even pray and ask for understanding. You just throw it aside. Get up. Cultivate your gift. Let someone light the wick of your candle of so that your fire won't go out. Because I guarantee you when Jesus comes and he calls for you to come forth and the day is dark and you don't have no oil, you don't have a candlestick, you don't have your weapon, you don't have your shield, you will be left behind. God is not going to wait on you to put your helmet of salvation on. He's not going to wait for you to put your breastplate of righteousness on. He's not going to wait for you to shard your feet with the preparation of peace and put your belt of truth on and try to pick up your shield of faith and your sword of salvation. Then you have to gather your bag. That should have your oil, your, your lantern, your things to be equipped for the journey at hand. God is not telling you to get ready. He's telling you to be ready. And as he's telling you to be ready, he's also rendering judgment to those that have led you astray. So you can no longer say, God, such and such did not tell me, didn't teach me, because now you have been elevated. You've been cultivated. You've been taught. The pressure and the punishment will be greater upon you now than it was back then. I don't care if your back then was just last Saturday or yesterday, an hour ago. Now that you know, you will be held accountable for these things. Verse 16 says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart and not out of the mouth of the Lord. Some of you have been prophesied to illegally. Wrong. God didn't send them to you. They come with a word. 
Every time you see them, they got a word for you. You paying into and sowing into their ministry. You you being called to come over and serve with them. Oh, I see your anointing. You so anointed. I want you to come and be over here with us. Come and fellowship with us. Knowing you have your own ministry that God has given you to work, and you set that baby to a side. You didn't go and didn't see about it. You didn't pray about it. You didn't ask God when are we supposed to do what we're supposed to do. You just go on and you follow somebody else. They tell you, oh, God is going to bless you tremendously. You are a woman, a man of God, and God sees your work. He's honoring what you're doing. Keep coming forth. Yeah, because they want you to keep coming to them so that they can spoon feed you the word of God and you not go and learn it for yourself to study, to show thyself approved, because you're not approving yourself before man. You're approving yourself before God. God wants to see that what he endowed in you will come forth that the people of Israel, the people that's following Baal, the people that don't know him, will turn their face from a graven image to turn their face to a God that has lived upon the earth and who's living and worshiping in spirit and in truth, that they will say, I now serve the God of Isaac, Jacob, and Abraham. Versus saying, I serve them. But because you want to follow the big house name, Everybody that flocks to the same house. Eventually, that party going to get shut down. That house going to get shot up. Look at what we're going through now. Your children don't have to be in the streets no more to die. They're dying in the house where they live. They're getting murdered and killed in the house in which they live in. People they trust to protect them, keep them safe. But you're no longer making safe havens out of your home because your doors swing on open hinges where any and everything is welcomed into your home. Where does it say in the Bible that you're supposed to keep your door open 24-7? It's not back in the day you live in a country, you can leave your door unlocked, you know, go to work, your family can walk in and out, you know, just in case anything happens or what have You can't do that now because you got things called these demons called perverts. Murderers, sorcerers that come and try your doorknobs, your door handles, your windows, your patio doors, anything that they can get in any kind of way. They're coming in. 
your boyfriends, your girlfriends, your husbands, your wives that God did not give you. You're not going to tell me that you married a man that's in there beating you and beating your children, killing y'all, and that was a man of God. Where? You're not going to tell me you married a woman that's a woman, supposed to be a woman of God, and she's having sex with other men and setting you up to get robbed for your insurance money by taking your life. Don't want nothing to do with your children that you've had from previous marriages or what have you. And even the children you all have together. So she leaves. Somewhere, some way down the line, in either of you all's lives, you did not get rid of all your demons, your unclean spirit, your stronghold. Strong man, however you want to demonize this category, it's all demonic and not of God. Yes, we all fall short of the glory. Yes, we all sin. But you do not have every man and every woman out here walking around with demons within them and not getting it taken care of. You're not walking around here with all these spirits on you, in you, around you, and you up on the pulpit preaching and laying hands on people and teaching and people going home to glory. You have more people going to hell than you have going to glory because you are not obeying what thus saith the Lord God of hosts. Even if you did backslide, you must be strong enough to sit yourself down, let one of your assistant pastors or your ministers in training, your deacons, or your elders come forth and give the word while you get your health in order, while you get your mental state in order. But we don't do that because we want to be what? Seen. We want to be the it factor. We want to be in position here that you see me. Verse 17 of Jeremiah 23 says, They say, Still unto them that despise me, the Lord hath said, Ye shall have peace. And they say unto every one that walketh after the, Im the imagination of his own heart, No evil shall come upon thee. For who hath stood in the counsel of the Lord, and hath perceived and heard his word? Who hath marked his word and heard it? Behold, a whirlwind of the Lord is gone forth in fury. Even a grievous whirlwind, it shall fall grievously upon the head of the wicked. 
we have a lot of storms going on upon the land right now as well. Everyone's looking like, well, why are they hitting these countries? Or why are they hitting these states? Why does it keep going to the same place? Well, if you haven't gotten it together with God, he's going to keep sending you signs. How many times have he had to knock on your door? How many times have he had to knock on your forehead for you to wake up? How many times have he had to call your name before you said, yes, God? You calling everybody, did you call me? Girl, I know you called me. I just heard you call me. No, I didn't call you. No, because you used to the gossip. So you're going to go with what's familiar, which we call in demonology familiar spirit. So it's familiar. You understand it. You already seen it. You, you know how it operates. You believe that this is the truth. So you're going to go for it. But God sends you a new path. He sends you another person. Everything they said to you was the truth. They didn't miss a beat. But because when you called them, they didn't answer their phone, you decide to go back over to the false God the false deity, the false prophet, the false pastor, the false teacher, the one that's leading you astray from God. Every time y'all get together, y'all go somewhere in ministry, your feelings always get hurt. You thinking, God, something got to be wrong with me. I'm crazy. I, I'm, I mean, I know I heard you clearly tell me to tell this man or woman of God something. And here I am getting chastised about what I said. First of all, you need to check and make sure who's speaking. Because the enemy knows how to dress up himself to sound and look like God. Remember, he walked with God. Remember, you might have your Judas walking and talking with you. They walking, talking, laughing. He keep keying with you and everything. Y'all eat together, party together. You might sleep in the same house together at times. Traveling the road together, going to different ministries together, and guess what? They trying to mimic everything you do and say. Soon somebody called with that gossiping spirit. Oh. Jealousy comes next. The envy spirit comes next. 
Now they housing all these spirits that's around you. You have no idea. You thinking they just as buddy buddy and goody goody with you? But it's always something that goes wrong and goes down when you all are together. When you all are in service somewhere. And you know the anointing is high in the atmosphere, but it gets chopped down, it gets cut off. Because they got somebody gotta take up an offering. Somebody wanna give their testimony. Somebody wanna preach the way they wanna preach. Somebody wanna tell your business over the pulpit while they preaching. But you continue to be with them. Laughing with them, eating with them, breaking bread. While your house is in shambles, your bills are behind. Your car note is behind. You're not serving the right God. Do you understand, people? You don't serve the right God and you have all this turmoil going on in your life. Now we do have to be like David, have that thorn in our side. But your thorn does not have you in a state where God is not content, where you're not content, when you can't think on those things that are lovely and pure, honest and true, because you got to always look around and you don't know who's who because everybody has on a mask. Oh, I'm sorry, don't we live in that time now? Everybody has a mask on. You can't see their face. You don't know who they are. You don't know where they come from. Who's who? What army are you in? We try to be indifferent. Some of our masks might have the blames on it. Some of our masks might be cheetah print. Some of our masks might just be fangs. Some of our masks might just be blue, white, yellow, green. However, we try to be indifferent, but you still fall in the category. Of being like, being the same. Who do we follow? Who are we listening to? What are we watching? Who has true discernment of the Lord? Because the whirlwind that's coming and that is here, 
verse 20 says, The anger of the Lord shall not return until he has have executed, until he have performed the thoughts of his heart. In the latter days ye shall consider it perfectly. We need to consider the things of God. They didn't say consider it halfway, you know, consider it a little bit. Just take, just think about it. You know, just think about it, okay? And then just come back. No. No, the Word of God said, In the latter days ye shall consider it perfectly. Nobody is perfect but God. When God does things in our lives, he does not come halfway. He don't give you things halfway. He completes everything. Everything. When you told God yes, you're going to stand in your calling, you're going to do what he's asked you to be and asked you to do, do you not think he didn't make way for you? He didn't make preparation? In this season and hour of your life that we're walking this earth, well, we got to be careful of what we're drinking, what we're eating, who we're drinking and eating from. We got to watch out who's in our circle, who's in the pathway. Because we're all masked up. You're masked up, but you're still getting sick. You're masked up, but you're still dying in the street. You're masked up, you still can't get on your job. But you're trying to tell me God sent you as a prophet to prophesy to me? To tell me, oh, it's going to be okay, Miss Smith. Right now, as a believer, a son and daughter of the Most High God, you should not be complaining about nothing. You have too much influential things from the Holy Spirit to know that God has your back. That you should not have a complaining bone in your spirit. You shouldn't be complaining about what you don't have. You should be praising God of what you do have. And why do I say that? Because at the end of the day, Psalms 85 says, Lord, thou hast been favorable unto thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. Thou hast forgiven the inequity of thy people, meaning our sins, the things that we've done, that was not worthy of God's doing. Thou hast covered all their sins. Selah. 
Thou hast taken away all thy wrath. Thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. Turn us, O God, of our salvation, and cause thy anger toward us to cease. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thine anger to all generations? Wilt thou not receive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak. For he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yea, the Lord shall give that which is good, and our land shall yield her increase. Righteousness shall go before him, and shall set us in the way of his steps. We shall not be complaining and murmuring. They've done it already 40 years in the wilderness. Their clothes was not torn and rent. They weren't dirty. Their shoes that they had on their feet, they were still intact like brand new. So many things we can go forth and speak on, how God has kept us. And we say it in our testimony, God has kept me a mighty long way. God has woke me up this morning. God has started me on my way. But yet you turn around two minutes later, oh, Lord, this bill ain't paid. Oh, Lord, I'm tired. I don't want to go to this job. I don't want to deal with these kids. I don't want to deal with my husband. I don't want to deal with my wife. I'm tired. This car, all this, that, my back, my feet, my head. Oh, I'm going crazy. All this and that. Then now you're cussing. Now you're smoking a cigarette. Now you got your beer back in your hand. This is what causes you to error. Then you don't want to hear the true prophet. You don't want to hear the true minister. So you go, I'm going to watch the TV. Not saying that they're not true on the TV, but those are tele-evangelists. They come to give you a good word. They don't come to, to circumcise you. They don't come to cut the fat off of you. They don't come to brush that dirt off of you. They don't come and get the cobwebs off you. That's not why they're sent. They're sent to let you know that God is still on the throne. And he still has joy. But you still must seek him for yourself. They're not here just for you to sit there every Sunday, sit on the side of your bed, bedside Baptist, when you know God has called you to a ministry that you need to go and get into and get cultivated, get activated, share your gift with one another, that you may become free, that you may receive the truth. 
But no, you want to go and keep paying them on the TV so they can keep their service on, so they can live in their mansions, drive their cars. But when the disaster strikes and hits your house, if you call them and ask them today or tomorrow, can you give me money or food or shelter? I want to see what they give you. First of all, you're not going to get to the man or woman of God that you see preaching on the TV. You're going to get to someone that's sitting probably at home smoking their cigarettes and eating bonbons, answering the phone. Oh, praise the Lord. It's a good day here in the kingdom of God. How may I help you today? Do you need prayer? Do you need oil? Do you want the holy water? No, I need shelter. Well, press one if you want this. Press two if you need that. Press four if you want to talk to Jesus. I can talk to Jesus fine by myself. Right now, I need a fleshly body to help me. Oh, I'm sorry. They don't have the love of Christ dwelling in them, so they can't come and help you because they're I know it's tough, but it's right. Does anyone have anything to share, say? Any questions? This is Prophetess at Beverly. <laughs> I'm just laughing because I was on YouTube this morning, and um, I came across Prophet Hall, and you would... Your message and the message that I received from him this morning is this, almost the same, similar. And I had to sit here and kind of giggle because I said, okay, God, you are telling us as leaders that we have to, because his message was, um, are your leaders going to hell? Mm. And, <laughs> and he was... Um, preaching about the old school and how the old saints, you, how we used to have church and how the old preachers used to preach. And they didn't preach to satisfy the flesh. They preached holiness and they preached um, righteousness. Yeah. And, you know, he was just talking about how the, how the generation now is only preaching not to deliver them deliver but to um, to just you know to make the flesh feel good I'm gonna put it that way so I'm just making a statement because you're preaching and I said okay God she's preaching the same message that I just heard this morning about uh, if you're not doing what thus said the Lord concerning his word and and you're deterring people away because of good itch, because of a good message, and don't want to give the people the real truth of the message, then you're going to hell. And I'm just wanting to just elaborate on that. That's all I'm doing. I just want to just, you know, how good God is. I'm on my way down here. I'm in Virginia right now, and the Lord has summoned me to sit around the waterfall. So 
Um, I'm going to be listening, but I just want to have that to say, and I'm not going to be coming on because I'm going to be sitting and with, listening for the voice of the Lord because he summons me right now, and I'll have to do what he say do. But I'm still listening. But I just had to just say that you're preaching the same message that I, that I received this morning, that we must not preach good stuff to the flesh, not preach to satisfy people, but to preach righteousness, preach the word, and preach righteousness and holiness, whether, you know, they like it or not, because the true word of God is going to cut like a two-edged sword. And if it's real, if it's a true word, trust me, it's going to heal. And if it's a true word, it's going to deliver. And if it's a true word, people are going to get set free. And that's all I have. You be blessed today. Amen. Is there another? You got to talk up a little bit. Kind of low. Okay. Um, I'm listening to it all, and you're on the right page. God is turning up the fire. It's fine to eat. That it's time to get serious. No. Hard preaching and serving the Lord and doing what we've been called to do. It's time to go forth like it said. God is, like tough, hard work, but God is, uh, God is preparing, preparing us trying to put us out there. So you're on the right page. You're preaching what he's been saying. Like I said last time, he's giving me a sermon that I'm going to bring in time concerning what's going on today in the church and the world. So they're about the world come into the church. But like I said last week, that it was in the day of Moses, so shall it be the coming of the Son of Man. So God is, God is turning things up, preparing and getting it ready. You know, we're going to send you out. So just listen and be ready, prepare and take it in. Because that day is coming. Amen. Amen. Is there another? I have something I want to say. Um, just in um, rebuttal to what you were preaching on. Um, be careful. Gotta speak up a little bit. Okay. 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 Can you hear me better? Yeah. Okay. What you were saying. Um, People going where people sit at to hear the word of God. Be careful in where you are going to get the word. Um, as Apostle Shaddam was saying, you know, make sure that you know who these people are, you know, in the ministry. 
I was listening to a big name preacher, and he was kind of spilling the beans on what they do in ministry, in the, in their ministry, and you know he wanted to enlighten with your giving. And he was saying that some of these big known preachers, you know, when you uh, send in for prayer cloths and you send in for whatever book or whatever uh, uh, trinkets they may have or, you know, that them funds are not going towards furthering the ministry, probably going to their pocket. So be careful where your, you know, tithing and offering are going. Make sure you're sitting um, in a ministry where you are growing, that the word of God is feeding you and you are growing. I also want to say it was on my heart about the backsliders. There's nothing. I, you know, it may not be anyone on the line, but you may know of someone. There's nothing that nobody can do that's so bad that God can't reach out and pray and bring back and restore that man or that woman. There's, there's nothing that, you know, whatever they like that. So that's why it's important for the men and women of God, who God called you to, to be in your rightful place and do the things of God. Feed them the word. Give them the truth. I can't tell you how many times, and God, this, this is the truth, and I'm just a real tight person. We've been kicked out. Locked out, stepped on, talked about, you name it. All because we come straight out there by what goes for me goes for you. We're reading the same word. There are many, many, many ministries that base their ministry off of one scripture. And that's it. They don't go from Genesis to Revelation. So be careful where you are sitting. There is no perfect human being, not one. If it was, you would have been on the cross. There's not one. So when you find a ministry that is 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 preaching, you know. Um, every little bit of tittle of the Bible calls. Every little bit of the Word of God, you take heed. Because that there are a lot of what you see in false prophets, false teachers, you know, people that just puffing themselves up because they, it's a pride in them, want to be somebody. Walk accordingly. Walk according to your anointing. You cannot be like nobody else. God didn't pattern us that way. 
Look at your head, the inside of your head. Nobody has a thin line on the inside of the head. We're not tattered to say. I just want to say, you know, be aware. Read your Bible. Know the words. Be mindful of what you're doing because if we don't, also, I wanted to speak to you said about health, being your brother and sister keeper. We should be able to go to one another. The, the, the church age fell off on that. We're not, helping, we're not helping one another. We are so concerned about ourselves. Self-gratification. Uh, we're concerned about ourselves that we can't help. Nobody else. Even if it means I got a dollar, you take 50 cents, I'll take 50 cents. We're not going to do that. So are we our brothers and sisters, keepers? That was, that was good what you started off with, off the top, to the ran on next. I'm just being funny now. But are we? There is so many needs within the body of Christ and out here on these streets. There's so many needs to be met. If one can just put a basket together with a can of canned corn, canned green beans, canned beans, whatever, and send to your neighbor, you're doing something for, for God. You're doing something. When's the last time have you done it? You will be doing something. So you buy you a can of coke, go buy somebody else a can of coke. Do something. That's all I have. Amen. Is there anyone else? Amen. Um, yes. Um, when you first told me about the ordination and you asked me, did God give me um, anything? And I um, gave you attachment and control. Um, he... Just revealed to me, this is one of the sermons that you're preaching, you're teaching about attachment and control over shepherds that he has you still there? Yeah. I know. Oh, okay, that um, God has ordained to go out and preach and teach to the world to bring in more sheep unto him, where the attachment and control where you are in a ministry that has you bound and that you 
have to do the call and respond situation as you in that ministry that they call whatever you need to do or assign you to what to do inside the ministry and not do the work of God. That's what he was showing me with the attachment and control that you and I had talked about months ago. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people don't realize that that's the tactic that the modernized church do today. They hype you up. They pipe you up. But when you're falling, you're dying, you're hurting, they don't have the substance. They don't have the anointing to even help you. That's why we call it the command and response, you know, the type of control, because this is why God is saying this. God gave me this message back in 2014, 2015, when I ended up on my deathbed for the first time. And I was in transition of leaving my home church. And I called and begged and pleaded for them to come to the hospital to see me because I didn't know whether I was going to make it or not. But I knew that my family was not going to come to see me because they didn't even want to make it to take me to the hospital. And God said when I had with the first thing when I was able to get my cell phone, the first thing I did was I went to my word. And he said, Jeremiah 23, and all I saw was, woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. And I began to immediately cry out, God, please don't take my pastor. He just got in the office. Have mercy on him. But why? When he sat and he walked with a man of God for many of years, and he knew protocol. He knows protocol. The houses you all sat in, they knew and know what to do of the Lord. But we crying out saying, God, save them, Jesus. No, don't do this to them, God. No, let God do what he said. Let him give them the drink of the wormwood. Let them drink of the bitter cup. Because when we fall short, when we are unworthy of the Lord, We have to drink of our bitter cup. We have to go through. We got to fast and pray. We got to ask God for forgiveness. But we don't hold the leaders accountable? Oh, no, that's something wrong with that. You got more highly anointed people sitting in the pews than you do the people sitting at the head of the table? That's backwards. That's backwards. Something is wrong with that. Jeremiah 23 and 29 says, Is not my word like as a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaketh the rock in pieces? 
Therefore, behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that steal my words, every one from his neighbor. Behold, I am against the prophets, saith the Lord, that use their tongues and say he saith. Behold, I am against them that prophesy false dreams, saith the Lord, and do tell them, and cause my people to err by the lies and by their likeness, yet I sent them not, nor commanded them, therefore they shall not profit this people at all, saith the Lord. Everybody's wondering, how is this house here? Wells of living water springing up, ministries flourishing. How is your business flourishing? How is your in your personal household flourishing? As you're in this ministry, we follow after the Lord. We give you what thus saith the Lord. We don't give you nothing according to our own way. I'm not going to prophesy to you out of my own flesh. If it's not of the Lord, if I'm not seeing it clearly with my own eye, it won't come out of this apostle's mouth. If I'm wearing the hat of a prophet at that moment, oh, I will not be prophesying if it's not of God. And I'm going to tell you, clean your house up. Get yourself in order. Don't do this. Do this. I'm going to tell you the right thing. It's up to you to take heed and listen. If you don't believe me, try me. I tell you all all the time, don't try me, but try Jesus. Because you try me, I'm just flesh. So I may react as flesh. I'm not going to react as the Holy Spirit will have me to react. But if I'm in that holy anointing and I'm following after Christ, I don't care what's going on. I'm going to try my best to stay into the likelihood of Jesus. Because it's not easy dealing with diplomats and, and people that want to be on the Republican side. And uh, I, I'm, I'm a Democrat over here. You know, you want to get all political. Hasidity. And you don't even know the real ways of God. You don't know that God's answers are yes and amen, no matter how big you want to sit and dream. If you want to sit and, and you can draw, and you draw this whole city of houses, businesses, buildings, parks, land, water, whatever you want to draw, and you think God is going to open up that gateway for you, you better trust and believe that God will do it. He may not do it that same day. He may do it the next day. Or he may do it some years later. The thing is, you trust in the Lord. Because in my Bible, it says, Jeremiah 24, Chapter verse 1, the Lord showed me, and behold, two baskets of figs were sitting before the temple of the Lord after that Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon had carried away captive um, 
Jeconiah, the son of Jehoiakim, um, king of Judea and the princes of Judea, with the carpenters and smiths from Jerusalem, and had brought them to Babylon. Now the carpenters are those that can build, and the smiths are those that, as we were talking about, your weapons of warfare. These are the people that you need to be in contact with in the heavenly realms so that you can get what you need. One basket had very good figs, even like the figs that are first ripe, and the other basket had very naughty figs, which could not, which could not be eaten. They were so bad. Then said the Lord unto me, What seest thou, Jeremiah? And I said, Figs, the good figs, very good, and the evil, very evil. That cannot be eaten. They are so evil. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Like these good figs, so will I acknowledge them that are carried away captive in Judah, whom I have sent out of this place into the land of the Chandelins for their good. For I will set my eyes upon them for good, and I will bring them again to this land, and I will build them and not pull them down, and I will plant them and not pluck them up, and I will give them an heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. Now, how did he say his people going to return back to him? Wholehearted. No, he said half heart. He said no, he said wholehearted. Half. Oh, he said they he not said return back with to no me wholehearted. He said they don't have no heart. He said return to me. Return to me wholeheartedly. Then he said he was going to trial them down. No. He ain't going to trial them down? I will plant them and not uproot them. (laughs) Well, we get the people come back in the church, they drunk, they high, they pierced, they tattooed. They lying, they cussing, they stealing, they fornicating. We fornicating, but we want to put you under the pew. We want to treat you as you don't have a heart. You can't come back to mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Amen. You can't come back to God. You got something to say, Shadiamond? Yes, I do. I would like to say, hello, how you doing? Praise God. Um, I would like to say that I agree with that. You know, like coming into the church, you know, you get thrown under the bus and not looked at, you know, looked at as 
you're not welcome back into the house of God. And being taught different things that's not of God can, like, steer you away if you really don't have proper understanding or proper guidance. So I just praise God for that, and I agree with that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, see, you, 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 you've been out in the street too long, or you can't come back in here. But first of all, my Bible in Jeremiah 24, verse 6 says, for I will set mine eyes upon them for good, and I will bring them again to this land, and I will build them and not pull them down. And I will plant them and not pluck them up. So I'm telling you today, if you're in this ministry, Wells of Living Water Springing Up Ministry, or if you have come up under Woman in the Moment, which is now all under one EIN in the state of Maryland, and it goes through the whole entire world because I'm called to the nation as an apostle and as a prophet. You won't be plucked up from here because God planted you here. You won't be plucked up. Because God is building you. But it's up to you to receive the building. It's up to you to receive the love. You can't look at, oh, my God, that's a beautiful couple right there. But well, I don't got no man that do that for me, so I'm, I don't want to be around that. I no, no, no. Mm. You, you sit and you look at that. That's your inspiration. That's your will to go home and say, God, I know you're going to have a man for me that's going to take care of me like that or even better. I mean, he mm, my- to put her shoe on for her. He took the time. Mm-hmm. When she stayed out in the spirit, he stayed there with her. He wasn't over in somebody else's face. Come on, Holy Spirit. Yes, come on. Mm-hmm. God knows our desires. And- but we have to learn how to sit ourselves down and let God clean us up, get that mental state together. You can't be four or five different people in your brain and you trying to act like as if you are one in the flesh because them four or five other deities or entities in your mindset going to come out, which we're going to call you schizophrenic because that's that mental state And that's that spirit that's living in you that I'm going to kill and bring it out. Because I don't play with demonic forces. I don't play with nothing that's not of God. I don't have conversation with you. I don't live with you. I'm not sleeping with you. I'm killing you. I have no remorse for witches, warlocks, sorcery. I have no remorse. I'm not scared of you. God has given me the authority to protect who comes in this house. Whether you want to call it a house, the house of God, the house of prayer, the temple, it ain't no church. Because you talk to church, to people out in the street, you're liable to get cussed out. They might slap your face. They might tell you, I don't care about God. I don't want to go to church. 
I disciple you differently. I'm not telling you to go out there and tell people to come in, let's go to church. Come on, let's go to this gathering. Huh? Come on, I got a place for us where we can go out and, you know, we can just chill, be ourselves, you know. We ain't even got to be, we don't even have to go nowhere. We can just call in. See, everybody want to be seen. You can be healed, delivered, and set free right now. This word, God just said, is not my word like a fire? Is it not like a hammer that breaketh into pieces? Oh, he will break the head of, G of Satan. Oh, he can break anything. He can break that curse off of you. He can break that cigarette smoking off of you. He can break that lust spirit off of you. He can break whatever he gets ready to break when he gets ready. But you must be ready. Because God is not forceful. Verse 7 says, And I will give them an heart to know me. First of all, you're not going to come into the presence of God and you don't know him. First of all, how are we supposed to come to the Father? How are we supposed to come to the Father? We must come to him in honesty and in truth. God, I know I haven't been with you. I know I haven't walked this walk. I know I ain't talked the way you want me to talk. I'm asking for forgiveness. That's the open door right there. How many people have we gone to and, and asked them to give their life to Christ from their deathbed? We all feel, well, you got to go down in that liquid grave first. Well, some people don't have the opportunity. Some people had to be healed, delivered, and set free just by God giving the word to speak to the household. What about the woman whose son lied dead? And she had the faith to believe when she found Jesus that he was going to bring her son back to life. What story can we get from that that we all know so good? Ezekiel, can these dry bones live? <laughs> mm. He was in his grave. They had already buried him. He's stinking in his tomb. The Lord said, remove the stone. They said, well, Father, sure he stinketh by now. It's been how many days? Four. But how many days did it take Jesus to rise? Three. What do you think he rose for? He said, and I will give them an heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. And as the evil fig, which cannot be eaten, 
They are so evil. Surely thus says the Lord, so will I give Zedekiah, the king of Judah, and his princesses, and the residue of Jerusalem that remain in this land, and them that dwell in the land of Egypt, and I will deliver them to be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth for their hurt, to be, re- to be a reproach and a proverb, a taunt and a curse in all places, whether I shall drive them, and I will send the sword, the famine, and the peasant among them, till they be consumed from off the land that I give unto them and to their fathers. Now you don't tell me if God don't render good for good and evil for evil. It is us, the flesh, that wants to say evil is good and good is evil. God said when you come back to him, he's going to give you a heart to know him. He said, for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. So therefore, God already knows that we're going to turn away. Uh Uh-oh, come on, somebody. I must be preaching to myself. No, come on. I'm here. I'm next to you. Come on. (laughs) God already knows. Like they say in jail, don't drop the soap. Don't drop the soap. Well, what they mean by that? If you are your brothers and sisters' keeper, you're going to tell that man before he go in that jailhouse, look, sir, when they say don't drop the soap, that's because another man going to come up behind you. Protect yourself. Oh, no, that ain't of God. That ain't of God. Well, what do you mean? How else are you going to be your brothers or your sisters' keeper if you don't keep them from all evil? If you don't keep them from harm? Jeremiah 25 and, and, and verse 6 says, And go not, other, go not after other gods to serve them and to worship them, and provoke me not to anger with the works of your hands, and I will do you no hurt. Now you think God doesn't have a raw spirit in him, where he gets angry, why do you think his word says, vengeance is mine, thus saith the Lord? Huh? Let me tell you my testimony about vengeance being mine, thus saith the Lord. I was with the man that I knew was my husband. He was doing all the things he was supposed to do. The very moment 
his spirit switched and he began to speak to me any kind of a way, as if I was not the queen, as if I was not a woman of God, a prophet came to me and spoke and said, whoever is speaking to you ill will, they're going to wish they had not. They're going to wish they had not. This is letting you know the value of who you are. Oh, yes, the word of God says don't get a big head, don't be big-minded, and just like don't boast. We can boast in God because it's God that's doing these things for our lives. Because if he's planted us, that means we done took root. If he's not going to pluck us up, that means he's building us. So the young man decides that he wants to go and do what he wants to do. Now, I've already prayed and asked God, God, if this is a man for me, he's going to roommate with me in this rooming house that I'm living in. Well, According to Jeremiah 24, verse 7, and he says, For they shall return unto me with their whole heart. His heart was in it, and he got that room next to me. We got into an altercation because I was sexually assaulted by the oxygen delivery guy and he trusted men no more coming into the home while he was not there to protect me. So he asked if I would not bring another man into the house while he's not home. Well, because I have a ministry and a business that I patronize with men, I really couldn't keep that promise. And he took it as if I was trying to disrespect him and he felt betrayed by me. So he sneakily decided to move out. God told him, don't go. He went anyway. God gave him the warning that something bad was going to happen. He ignored it. Well, since I'm a night owl, I get all early news and all deadly things of what's going to come forth or what have you as God sees fit. So I went on how I normally do, and I'm searching through different avenues and social medias and such. And he was in a bad car accident. Car flipped over six times, hydroplane into a ditch car was dismangled. He walked out of the whole crash with not a scratch on him. He knew that it was God. When God's wrath begins to move upon somebody, you need to get out the way. You stand clear. Because when God is doing this thing when he's called the reapproach, 
you don't want to be a reapproach. I'm telling you. No. You don't want to be a reapproach and you don't want to be a fool. Because when something reapproaches you, it's not coming in a good reproach. It's not coming goodly. And it's definitely not coming godly. But it's coming to render evil for evil. Stand clear. Be wise in your doing with the Holy Spirit and with God's people. Either be your spiritual children that God is giving you. They need to follow you. They need to be on this platform. Because they need to know where you get fed. They ain't got to know everything about what you do, who you under, or where you go. But you need to keep the circle going. They need to be planted and rooted. If God is giving you spiritual children, your spiritual children need to know who the covering is that's over you. It's every right. They have every right. Because if you don't expose these things and you have wrongdoing, who do they report to? Now, they feel like they are in bondage because I can't go and report the wrongdoing, so they sweep it under the rug and it never gets addressed. And being so it never gets addressed, now you're being a reapproach. Because the same thing you've done to them, you're going to do to somebody else. Now it's going to be a cluster of them wavering back and forth. Well, this is a good man, a woman of God, but, you know, they did this and they're doing that. So I just don't know. And we all sit here together and we see this Sunday after Sunday, Monday after Monday, Tuesday after Tuesday, Wednesday after Wednesday, Thursday after Thursday, Friday after Friday. Then we see it again on Saturday. But nothing is being done about it. This is why man walks the earth and want to know, well, who ordained you? Well, where do you come from? Well, where is this ministry at? It's really none of their business because God already formed and fashioned you in your mother's womb before you was even thought to even know who you were, before your parents even knew anything about you. God already knew who he was going to give whom to, and God already knew who was going to kill his baby. So those of you that had abortion, stop beating up yourself. Give it to Jesus. It's okay. God still loves you. That's why he said, For they shall return unto me with their whole heart. He don't care if your heart has been ridden over by 18 wheelers all your life. Guess what? He can repair. He can give you a brand new heart. 
with no scars, with no holes, with no cloggage. He can give you new arteries. He can give you new veins. He can give you a new mind. The false of the prophets, the false of the pastors, the false of the priests will tell you that God is not this such of a God. He is Elohim. He is God. He is Adonai, the Lord. As long as you're not around here, Worshiping these other idols, these other deities, these other gods, and you know that there's only one God, one faith, and one baptism, you don't have nothing to worry about. God has already made his word known. He's already told you this day what he is expecting. Expecting of you. Either you are a leader or either you are a daughter and son of God. Be obedient, men and women of God. Follow Christ and Christ only. For this is the day that the Lord has made. We all shall rejoice and be glad in it. And this is the word of the Lord today. Be of good cheer and of good courage, and the Lord shall strengthen thine heart. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. And this is your apostle, Apostle Don, your sister, your loved one, your auntie, your cousin, your mother in Christ, however you see me, I am she, a woman of God. Amen. 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 Does anyone else have anything to say, share, or acts of? In this moment. Mm-hmm.